Hello and welcome to Casual. This is our ninth episode. I'm Gaspar. And I'm Robert. And today we have a few interesting topics to cover. But before that, let's pl please appreciate how we wore matching t-shirts. <laughs> <laughs> matching t-shirts. t-shirt day. <laughs> exactly. So today we're going to be covering decentralized versus centralized exchanges, along with some pros and cons, how to get listed on an exchange. We're going to briefly discuss crypto payment cards. And the main, maybe controversial question is, can Bitcoin or more broadly cryptocurrencies survive without centralized exchanges but before we dive into all of those let's explain what is an exchange exactly so cryptocurrency exchanges are platforms that facilitate the trading of assets including digital and fiat currencies in effect cryptocurrency exchanges act as an intermediary between a buyer and a seller and make money through commissions and transactions fees and as with everything happening right now in the world, we have centralized versions and decentralized versions. For everybody, we've got an awesome episode on centralized versus decentralized. I'll just check one of our previous episodes, but we'll still do a quick recap here. I'll start with centralized, uh, in that case, exchanges. So you are all familiar with uh, Binance, Bitstamp, FTX, and so on. Uh, so these are centralized exchanges, meaning that they have an, own, an owner, whether that's good or bad, it's for you to decide. But all in all, usually centralized exchanges are you know, friendlier to use. The, the user experience is better. They are regulated, so they have to abide by certain rules. Uh, they have a lot of assets from multiple chains, which you can exchange with no hassle. There's a different scenario on decentralized exchanges. And you can be pretty sure that the projects are more reliable than on decentralized exchanges. Definitely. So there's, less, there's less chance of a rug pull or, or other scams. Another pro is that they utilize fiat currencies, so you can actually change fiat to crypto. And in general, they have lower fees. On the other end, there are some cons. Uh, they don't have all the assets that you would sometimes like to trade. Uh, they own your keys so you know keys yeah. are pretty important again check the last episode about custodial and non-custodial wallets a lot of useful information there and uh the pro which we mentioned before they have an owner that can also be a con but we have an alternative yeah <laughs> on the other hand the, the decentralized exchanges can be used like via any of the known interfaces such as metamask trust wallet um to to actually access any of these decentralized exchanges so one of the pros is that the assets you, the assets that are not available on centralized exchanges can be available on decentralized exchanges so let's say your favorite coin or new coin or upcoming coin is not yet publicly listed it means you can get it via this decentralized exchange uh, a little bit easier there's no kyc so there's no hassle with this bitcoin binance ftx um sorry bitcoin i mean bitstamp uh hassle that you have to provide your documents have all these verifications sometimes it even fails and you have to resubmit them like five times gashper you have an ex <laughs> you have an experience with oh I, I had a terrible experience verifying myself on binance i had to go through the flow like, like seven times and nothing worked and for everybody wondering kyc is an acronym for know your customer i believe and that's a requirement by regulators that centralized exchanges need to have that information 
maybe this is an interesting topic for one of the future episodes so like are the decentralized exchanges doomed for the kyc part and regulations so yeah stay stay tuned for for one of those and one of the last pros on 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 my list is that you're basically responsible for your own keys this again can be a pro or a con because it bears the responsibility that you're going to be taking care of them but on the other side it means that everything you have is what you own and no one can take it away from you and on the con side it's when you cash out you still need a centralized authority to swap your coins for fiat money there is no support that you cannot utilize fiat there is usdt so tether and other cryptocurrencies pegged against fiat but this is not the definition of fiat the definition of is fiat is something backed by a government so both for decentralized and centralized we have crypto cards with which you can spend money but do you really pay with crypto and the short answer is hell no <laughs> <laughs> yeah we'll dive into that in in a couple of minutes but we have so 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 different uh different variations of cards and how do they work and yeah how do you get money from an exchange that's a whole offer that's a whole other effort yeah so one of one of the questions that get pops out a lot is how to get listed on uh, a certain exchange or in exchanges on general. So for the centralized part, it's way more painstaking for those who want to get their coins listed or as they're subject to more scrutiny and um, more checkups and more research by whoever is trying to get them, uh, I mean, approve them into the exchange themselves. I mean, so they're basically a lot of... institutions, right? They're basically large institutions such as banks and you have to get through all the loops to get to get listed there. Yeah, that means there's a whole lot of steps for a project to, to get listed, which reiterates your point, Gashper, previously, that like it's much, much less likely to get rock pulled in, in, in a centralized exchange. So yeah, and one of the last part is that the exchange decides whether you they want to list a project or not based on submitted proposals and there are several factors that they have to take into an account yeah and uh, apparently as far as i have done the research if you want to get listed on binance you have to fill out an entire document with so many factors and um, it's still their decision whether they want to list you or not and it all comes down to fees so they are making money by fees so your project has to be uh, you know reliable and important enough and provide enough revenue to be listed there. On the other hand, you have decentralized exchanges and anybody, and I mean anybody, can list a token <laughs> there. I mean, I, I, have, I have gone through the, uh, through the manual or instructions how to create, how to, how to list a token on Uniswap. And basically you have to create an exchange pair and provide liquidity. So for example, if we would be inventing or making a new cryptocurrency let's say that we are making casual coins which is not a terrible name at all i like uh, that ca ca casual coins uh, we would have to create an exchange pair for example on uniswap and provide liquidity for that that means that we would have to deposit token two tokens in pairs uh, so we would usually use for example ethereum and casual and we would deposit 1000 eaters and 1000 casual coins so that means that current value would be one eater is one casual coin and then we get community excited that means that we would you know build a hype community up our project hype up yeah hype up people 
to buy. So somebody would buy 100 casuals by investing 100 eaters, and um, the pair needs to be balanced. And that means that we still have a finite finite amount of casuals, and we have 1,100 eaters on the other side. That means that the price of casual skyrockets. So we get uh, more, uh, we, we would have to pay more eaters for one casual. And that's the whole idea behind it. So you get more investors, more people who are buying your, your currency, and therefore the value of your currency or your token increases. And here's the chance for a rug full. You basically build up the FOMO, which drives the price up. And as we are still controlling the majority of the funds, for example, we are opening 1,000 casual coins. That's our total supply. And we still control like 500. We get people hyped up. Then we sell all, all our casuals. That means that we pull out ether. The price plummets. There is nobody uh, who would actually buy that anymore. And we get away with profit. And our casual coin is worth nothing. Maybe this is a bad time. Of course, be terrible. Maybe this is a bad timing to ask everyone to buy into casual coin, but <laughs> fortunately for you, it doesn't exist yet. So it's just. Oh, I like it yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you noticed. <laughs> uh, we would have to. We would have to find a real, a real life use case that would support it. I'm against just you know creating tokens for the sake of creating tokens. I I agree, and I I'm, I'm I'm totally on board with that. But I'm 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 pretty sure we could find a, a use case sooner or later. <laughs> okay, so now let's that we're aware, thinking caps and start. Now <laughs> let's continue. Let's continue. Now that we see the differences between the centralized and the decentralized exchanges, let's talk about the elephant in the room and kind of the main topic that we wanted to bring up today, and that is fiat is only used on centralized exchanges, and th there is a problem there, right? Does that mean that crypto can function without centralized exchanges? Without without centralized without centralized exchanges, that's a difficult one. Uh, I would actually argue that in the current system, no, because I think that I mean I know that we still live in countries where taxes need to be paid, and crypto is at the end, not a legal tender. It's not recognized by any country except, I think, El Salvador. That's an exception. But to be honest, I don't know enough to you know, provide an informed opinion on that. So if anybody's familiar with the situation there and how does that actually work, please comment below and we'll definitely read on that. And if you have any articles that would support your claims, that would be even better because we support informed research. Isn't that right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, returning back, crypto, crypto without centralized exchange basically works on mutual understanding that we have a transaction of value. So I sell you something, you pay me back in crypto. Um, there's an example of the famous uh, Bitcoin pizza. If you remember, I think in 2010 or 11, somebody bought one or two pizzas for like 10,000 Bitcoins. <laughs> But yeah. that that didn't work in a way that he would go to a merchant and say, "Okay, here's ten thousand Bitcoin. Give me a pizza." That that doesn't work. The business was not able to actually take Bitcoins. Uh, I think that the story went something along the way that he posted uh, he posted a question on a forum or somewhere uh, that he would like to buy something for Bitcoin, and somebody offered to pay a pizza in exchange for ten thousand Bitcoins. So the transaction actually happened peer to peer, like. 
I would say, um, give me your laptop, I will give you five Bitcoin. It's amazing. And that's it. Uh, so we could talk about transacting with anything. We could transact with cows, shoes, laptops, <laughs> um, glasses, mobile phones. I give you something and you give me something else in exchange. And that's all good and well. But once we crash into the system, into the world of taxation and transactions that are subjected to, to taxation, we are immediately tied to fiat. Uh, and currently, I think businesses cannot really accept crypto. Yeah, that's what you just said is really an interesting fact. And I didn't know prior. I always thought like those 10,000 Bitcoins happened through through a merchant. So yeah, that's an, that's an interesting one. But this kind of leads to the next topic, which is uh, the crypto cards. These are gaining popularity. Uh, first off, I think one of the first ones was Binance and now Crypto.com is breaking through the markets by buying all sorts of stadiums and, and stuff. And here again, contrary to popular belief, when people use crypto cards, uh, such as the Binance or crypto, they're actually not paying with crypto. I mean, your crypto gets spent but the payment processor still has to convert your crypto to fiat. Crypto cards are still connected to a custodial wallet and check our last episode if you haven't on, on custodial versus non-custodial. So sorry for jumping in. Let's just clarify that. So if I understand you correctly, that means that crypto.com, which is, a, well, crypto.com converts your crypto funds into fiat and then they pay to a merchant by uh, by transacting euros or dollars or any other fiat currency. Is yeah, that correct? exactly. That yeah. that's how it happens. And same for Thanks. same for for Binance. There, there 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 is currently it seems no other way. Again, if anyone has a strong opinion, please leave a comment below, and we'll have a debate and educate ourselves more. So it same same thing goes for the transactions. When crypto is accepted as a means of payment, the processor is changing the funds to fiat in the moment of transaction. So this is, to sum it all up, is Gashper, just like you reiterated, this is exactly what happens. And other examples of transactions which cannot be directly supported by crypto. So for example, let's say I wanna buy a house with Bitcoin. You have to deal with government, you have issues with tax and same. Some companies provide a paycheck through Bitcoin but you still run into eagle issues and requirements because it still has to be taxed. So like insurance has to be paid. Um, this is based per, per country, but there's a lot of things that your employee has to jump through for to make this possible. So, yeah. so another, ex yeah. Yeah, just wanted to jump in with an example here. I think that if you get paid in crypto, at least in Slovenia, where we are based, that would look something along the way of actually just getting part of your net earnings in crypto so an employer would change the amount that you would actually get to your bank account into crypto and send it to your crypto wallet but all the taxes everything that is a part of the gross pay uh, would be still paid in fiat to uh, to the country to the country's budget yeah that that's a good and probably there are many more examples but again if you just go back to the one that you mentioned earlier us too as we are not dealing with uh government officials when we're making a trade we can still like decide look i will give you this beer for one eater and and that's basically it um okay in other way it might actually work if you are prepared to pay one eater for a beer i can gladly provide it <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll have to think about it <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, so everything we do and we trade right now, it's through means of a centralized exchange. So if you want to cash out, if you bought some crypto years ago and you want no one cash out, it means you're basically doing it through a centralized exchange. And that's only for now. Like we don't know what, what the future will bring. So that, that brings me to our to my next question. So does that mean that without centralized exchanges, crypto is dead? I don't really believe so. That's the case because crypto can be still uh, cryptocurrencies can be still a store of value, and nobody can take that away from you. You own your funds, as long as these assets have a counter value in fiat, you're golden. That is true only for the current political status, and no one has an idea what will happen in the future. Yeah, and I think we're we're still forgetting something. We're forgetting that cryptocurrency is a derivative. Of a technology for everybody who listened to our first episode uh, we talked about cryptocurrency being a reward for validating transactions on blockchain and uh, blockchain development is still in early years so once we develop a proper use case that utilizes blockchain worldwide the value of and that's important finite finite amount of the rewards the value will increase once the popularity gains so we gain traction and cryptocurrencies yes currently they are looked at as investments and with all the investments i think that you're just trying to avoid avoid losing value with inflation and getting as much bang for your buck as you can so if you are currently holding euros or dollars or pounds or yens any fiat you can just lose value by inflation or by devaluation because of I don't know political situation, something happens, the country collapses, you lose all your, all your money. And by investing either in uh, real estate, in crypto, in stocks, you are trying to mitigate that. So if you invest in stocks and the investment goes up ten percent, and the yearly inflation would be like five percent, you are still five percent in profit. So you are in a better situation that you were, and you are definitely in a better situation. Uh, compared to just holding fiat and losing money there. But at the end, I think that you will not get rid of fiat. Uh, currency, fiat is the currency which is backed up by a country you live in. You have to pay the utilities in fiat. Currently, you are not able to use cryptocurrencies to you know, pay for electricity and so on. Uh, but you can still hold crypto or any other asset for that matter and just convert to fiat as necessary to pay for the bills and perform transactions to merchants and again either by using fiat or a proxy to convert your crypto on the go such as the credit cards that you mentioned before yeah so it, it's it definitely like, yeah it's definitely an open field here the field there and crypto i think it's not that um so we we can still think about it as an investment so we are just investing in the cryptocurrency because we know that it's gonna the value is gonna increase uh, but we we mustn't forget that the currency is again side product of technology it's basically a reward for validating transactions and the amount of those will definitely increase so the value should go up in the long run <laughs> yeah i agree and I, I have to back that notion that i don't think crypto is dead by by any means maybe just going hand in hand with um fiat for for the nearby future and i think that can be our, our conclusion it's not that it's going hand in hand 
And what do you think? Let, let us know in the comments below. Of course, like, share, subscribe. Follow Casual Bits on Twitter. That's Casual B-I-T-S. And drop us an email at hi at casual.is. Have a great day, everyone. Bye. Thank you. Bye.